Welcome to the Sip and Sort podcast. I'm Hannah, a teacher turned professional organizer with a passion for all things simple living. When it comes to getting and staying organized, it's never really about the bins and baskets. It's about being intentional and making space for what matters. Sometimes it's just about less. Less stuff, less busy, less ingredients, and less visual and mental clutter. Grab a cup of your favorite drink and join me as we sort out and simplify all aspects of our homes and lives. Today I'm going to share with you an interview that I did with Dr. Tina Wilson. Tina is a doctor of physical therapy and a professor at New York Medical College, but I wanted to talk to her about her holistic views on wellness. She's also going to share her views with you on both balance in life and balance in wellness, and if that's even a real thing at all. Stay tuned. Enjoy. Hi, Tina. How are you? Hi, Hannah. I'm great. Nice to see you. You too. Do you want to begin by introducing yourself to my, my audience? Sure. So um, I'm Dr. Tina Wellsom. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, and I'm a professor at New York Medical College um, outside of New York City. Um, and I do wellness coaching and prevention of injury management. That's really kind of my passion is looking beyond just the physical stuff, but really connecting in with your emotions um, and your wellness and your mental mind state and that kind of stuff. I really like looking at the whole person. So that's really kind of where, where my passion lies. I love that. So it's really more holistic. Definitely. And you know, it's interesting. Uh, somebody asked me recently, how, you know, is that a new thing for you? And I was like, you know, no, because I think even way back, you know, 20 something years ago when I started as a PT, you always would start with that you, you know, even though you're getting somebody up to walk or somebody has back pain or they've had a stroke or they've had a brain injury, you're always going to ask them what their goals are. And that's what motivates them. And you always want to be aware of how they feel. Like, are they not wanting to get up because they're afraid to, because they're afraid they're going to fall. I need to alleviate that fear. Or are they not getting up because they have pain and they think they're going to harm themselves more if that hurts? Or are they not getting up because they're a little Italian lady whose family kind of had stopped visiting her, but now that she was in the hospital, the rehab hospital, everybody was there every day. So she really didn't want to get better because being in the rehab hospital actually brought her family around her. So she wasn't motivated to get better and go home because the rehab hospital is happier. So I think I've really always been attuned to kind of the whole person and what, um, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what motivates them, what inspires them, and using that to help them improve their physical well-being. So I think I've always, always kind of had that wholeness piece I going I love for that. Me. I love that. Thank you. So have you always been into wellness, or is this something that you found later as you became an adult, or how did that work for you? I think I have always led a healthy life. Um, I've always led an active life. Um, I think the term wellness, I didn't really um, pay much attention to until hmm, maybe like seven or eight years ago, I started teaching a course for my physical therapy students called Health and Wellness and Prevention and Physical Therapy. And it really, instead of looking at 
how we treat one patient. It would look at how do we treat groups of patients um, to maintain their wellness once they're discharged, and also how to prevent injuries in certain population groups and looking more at screening people for falls or for loss of range of motion or loss of strength or loss of function. So I think the wellness term, I think I had to kind of look up and see its definition at that point. And that was really kind of when it struck me, oh, I've always looked at all of this. Um, I will say I have friends who are like experts in nutrition or experts in strength and conditioning or experts in anything that you could think of. Um, I have always been an everything in moderation girl, you know, like I, I'm not a, I'm not a teetotaler. I'm not a prohibitionist. I think a glass of wine is fine. I think the studies show that I, you know, I try to eat healthy. I try to eat balanced, but I love my sweets and I do start my day with a cup of coffee and usually a small cookie. I admit that, but you know, but I eat my fruits and vegetables too. So, you know, I think I have always been active in sports or dance or yoga or Pilates or just getting out and about and exploring. I like to move. It feels good to me. Um, so I guess, yeah, I, I've been known, I've been, <laughs> I've been uh, harassed sometimes at, at school when in the middle of the winter and the students are really struggling with like seasonal affective disorder and finals, I will bring in boxes of Dunkin' Donuts sometimes. And my colleagues are like, how is that healthy? And I said, today I'm working on mental health. You know, this is like, this feels good. It brought a smile to their face. So, you know, I guess, yeah, I, I, I have, but not in a conscious way, but I do think it's always been part of me. I love that. And donuts are my absolute <laughs> favorite thing. Are they your weakness? <laughs> oh yeah. hundred percent. So what do you actually define wellness as personally? You know, there's a lot of uh, different definitions floating out there. I've put them on my podcast. I have them in my courses. Um, you know, I think for me, basically, it's looking at not just being well, as in I'm not sick currently, right? So we could actually use this current pandemic state to kind of put this into framework for people. So I might not have COVID right now. I might not test positive. I might not be sick. But I might also not be well, right? Because I could be, have, I might have a lot of fear in my mind. I might have a lot of stress and anxiety about catching it. I might not be sleeping well. I might not be eating well. I certainly am not exercising well because I feel like I'm trapped in my house and I'm not getting to my usual things. So to me, I think our physicians and our, our healthcare model look at, are you sick? And they treat you with medicine and surgery and things like that. Whereas to me, wellness is the flip side of that, like really kind of helping people optimize their full potential and not just from a body state, but from that emotional, intellectual, spiritual, physical, financial, kind of the whole thing. Are you well? Are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Are you really reaching your full potential? That's kind of my, my long-winded definition of it. <laughs> I absolutely love that. You explained that very well. Now, one Thanks. thing I like about how you explain what you do, you always talk about there being eight pillars of wellness, mm -hmm. and I love how you do this. Can you kind of explain this to my listeners? Sure. So um, again, I think most people, when they think of wellness, they really come at it more from the body perspective, right? So it's kind of like, oh, if I'm, if I'm healthy or I'm well, I'm worrying about 
nutrition, hydration, my diet, my exercise, my sleep, my stress levels. I think that's what kind of most people focus on. Um, but for the, for me, the eight pillars, I kind of think if you look at the body, you also have like the body, mind, and the soul. So I really start um, where I like to start with things is the emotions because that's usually what drives us and what really matters to us. So that's kind of your heart. So when you look at emotional wellness, it's your heart to me. Um, and then I go to social wellness, which is your relationships that you have with other people. So it can be your relationships with your family of origin, your own spouse or partner, your kids, your friends, your colleagues, your clients, your customers, your students. Um, and then I also think the one that's really important that we really forget about is our relationship to ourself. Um, that's in there as well. Um, and then from social, I go to intellectual, which is your mind. So what do you think? And are you still learning, kind of working on personal development? Are you open to new ideas? Are you open to growth? Are you willing to push yourself out of your comfort zone? Um, and the next tenant would be spiritual, um, which uh, most people tend to assign to their religious beliefs, which is fine, but that can also go beyond religion. So it might be God, or it might be a higher power, or it might be your belief in the universe or fate or karma. Um, it might be, um, you know, just a belief that you have a purpose in your life, something that keeps you going, something that motivates you or guides you. Um, so that's really kind of, all of these factors are unique for each individual too, let me say. Um, the next one I usually go to is physical. So mind, body, soul, I kind of go that way. Um, and then we talked about that already. Um, and then there's financial health. So again, that is, you know, the money in your world, but I think that stems also from your sense of self-worth. So that still has an internal and an external factor. Um, so financial can be how you afford your life, how you support yourself and your family. Um, and then there's vocational health. So you know, what do you do for a living? And it doesn't necessarily mean just your job. It could be your life role. So if you're a stay-at-home mother or father, or you're a caretaker, or you are a community leader, you know, you work for a not-for-profit not, not, uh, not business, whatever it is that you spend your day doing. If you're a student, that's a life role as well. So kind of what is that vocation? How does your day get filled? And then the last one is environmental. So yes, the big main global environment, you know, global warming and the atmosphere and that stuff, but also what's your own environment inside of you and outside of you and how do you interact with it? So the people that you surround yourself with, um, you know, do you like to be in a busy environment, busy, crowded, energetic, or do you feel happier or more well when you're quiet and at peace or music or no music, light or no light, inside or outside? So kind of that environmental piece as well. And I think, as I said, all of those factors are very individual for a person. And it's very impor important for each of us to really kind of tune into all of them and figure out what, you know, kind of what channel should they be tuned into for all those things that really come together to make their well-being the best that it can be for them so that they can be more fulfilled and happy in their life. Interesting. I love that. So is the goal to get each of those eight pieces to be balanced or does one area tend to be more important than another area? Do people tend to forget one or favor one over the other? Um, I think, you know, it's funny, I've been struggling with this word balance lately, because I think a goal for me was always to have like this balanced life. And I don't know that that's really achievable. Like, I wonder if that's one of those expectations that we are putting on ourselves where we're actually setting ourselves up to fail. 
because if you think about it, think about them as like eight balls that you have in the air and you're constantly juggling them, right? And maybe some of us can only juggle five well, or, you know, maybe I can juggle all eight when all eight are under control. But when a kid gets sick or you're working from home or you're schooling from home, like you might start dropping balls. So I kind of think maybe a sense of balance I read something recently about it and I got to go back and find it, but you know, maybe having them all equal and balanced isn't the right goal. Maybe the goal is to, to have an awareness of all of them and maybe cycle through all of them when they need it. And there might be seasons of your life or seasons of your year where maybe work has to be the priority right now because it's tax season and your accountant and it's busy. But then when that's over, you need to take a break and have some downtime and, and work on your physical health and your mental health. Or, you know, maybe there's, maybe if you don't have kids, maybe that makes the relationship high easier. Maybe if you're going through a breakup, that makes that a focus for you at that time. So I think there's probably a healthy ebb and flow. But when we look at um, the, the wellness wheel, when you kind of score yourself on each of those elements, from the center would be zero and out to the outside would be a 10, which would be the highest score. I think kind of what you're ideally trying to have is, you know, some kind of balance between the eight elements and have that circle be as large and fulfilled as it can be. Um, I think the smaller that you are or the more focused you are on one piece of the pie, like in Trivial Pursuit, you know, I used to be really good at the green, the science, the science wedgie, that was my thing, right, because I'm a PT, um, but, you know, I feel like the older I've gotten, that's the only wedgie I get, you know, when I was in high school and college, I was, I could do the other ones too fairly well, so, you know, I think it's having, you know, having a little bit of all of that going on for you, and, and having the ability to, to teeter and totter and, and, adapt to it instead of getting it to this balance point that never moves. I think that's kind of unrealistic for us. I think that is so refreshing to hear because we, <laughs> we do, we hear the balance thing all the time. And I know that a lot of people like me are so, you know, I'm balance is such a struggle for me. I am so a hundred percent in or a hundred percent out and I go and I go and I go and then I just like fall and I, right. I need to like lean into myself for days at a time before I can go again. So I think that even though, even though we always think that we should be doing all of these things, we also, our body fights it so much. Like our body yes. knows we can't do all these things and we can't be balanced all the time, but mentally we think we should be doing all of those things all the time. Definitely. And you know, I, as you said that, it made me think of in physical therapy, when we evaluate people's balance, right? Like their ability to balance on one foot, let's say, or hold a position there, we classify it as static balance or dynamic balance. And static balance is like being able to hold that pose and not be, not you know, rigidly hold it and not move. And dynamic balance is that ability to like, when somebody pushes you or the subway train jolts, like that you can recover your balance. And I think that's probably more the balance that we want is that dynamic, flexible, adaptable kind of balance to, to roll with the punches, to move with the train and not fall down and not drop all the balls, right? So. Love that, absolutely love that. And I'm excited now about what I'm going to ask you next, which, hmm. um, 
I'm going to ask you, what does your daily or weekly wellness routine look like knowing now how you feel about balance and the ebb and flow? <laughs> well, I will be completely honest with your audience that my wellness routine looks like crap right now. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be honest about that. Um, I have been very busy putting a lot of emphasis on my vocational uh, wellness and aspirations for the last couple months. And um, and then I think with, you know, working from home for the nine to five job and homeschooling my little guy at home, my high schooler kind of, you know, goes in his cave and does his own thing. The college one stole away. But I think I have um, unfortunately let my wellness routine slip aside a little bit. And I came to that realization a couple weeks ago. Um, so I've been hastily trying to put my routine back in place because I was a lot happier and a lot I won't say a lot less emotional, but I'll say a lot less negative emotional um, back then. So how about I, so there we go. Let me tell your audience that even the experts aren't perfect and we don't always practice what we preach, but I do recognize that I need to get back to it. So on an ideal day, <laughs> I'll give you my ideal routine, which was when I was, I think, at my most well, what was working for me. Um, sleep was a huge thing for me. I was chronically sleep deprived for a long, long time. So I know that when I kind of started my self-care journey, that was something I had to, to get. I am not one of those people that does well on five or six hours a night. Um, the average person needs seven or eight and some people need even 10. Um, so I think um, I am definitely one of those people who does better if I have at least eight good solid hours. And ideally they're between midnight and 8 a.m. That's like my window that I just tend to be able to fall asleep then. Um, so I think, um, you know, when I'm doing well, I make sure I get a good night's sleep. Um, so going backwards from that, I, that means that if I'm planning to fall asleep at midnight, I don't fall asleep when I hit the pillow. I have to turn off my screens before I go to bed. I have to not be doing things that are stimulating. So sleep hygiene and kind of that routine before bed is very important for people. Um, so I usually get off my phone, get off my computer. I do love to read. So I do tend to read before I go to sleep. Or I will do um, some meditation. I use the, the Calm app on my phone. So maybe I'll do a sleep meditation or I'll do some deep breathing and some stretching um, at night to kind of turn my mind off. Um, in the morning, my morning routine, again, used to be I'd pick up that phone and it was like, okay, what do I have to deal with? What's in the news? What's in my email? Who's texting me? Um, and I did not find that was a very gentle way to start the day. So I actually switched to a morning um, a really quick journaling um, routine that I do. And I actually um, have a handout on that. I could give you the link and you could put it in your show notes if you want. But I get out of bed and I pick up my journal. Uh, I thought I had one right here. But anyway, I open it up and the first thing I do is I write celebrate and I write down anything that I can celebrate that I accomplished in the last 24 hours. And it might be that I walked the dog or I made a homemade meal for my family or I took a shower. You know, it doesn't have to be like I climbed Mount Everest. It's just anything that I accomplished that makes me feel happy that I did in the last 24 hours. And I find that's really good because it helps me set the day um, on a positive note, feeling like I can accomplish the things I want to do. And then the next thing is to focus. And you can use that as a quick time to do a five or 10 minute meditation. Um, I usually do 10 deep breaths because I had done some research on breathing and I know that that helps and I know that's good for me. So I do that. 
Um, and I try to just let my mind wander while I do that. And then the last thing I do is focus. And I, instead of having a to-do list of a hundred things, which is my norm, that kind of freaks me out and overwhelms me, I will think about if I could accomplish one thing. And sometimes I'm a little greedy and I might put three or four just to remind myself of like, these are the critical things I, I need to accomplish today. But they're things that are going to move me in the right direction, either with my kids, with my life, uh, with my business, uh, with my health, whatever it is. Um, but if I can commit to those things, I don't feel so frustrated at the end of the day when maybe I made progress on my to-do list, but I didn't check it all off. It just makes me feel more successful. So it's really only one page and it just kind of sets up my day for the right mood. Um, I then, I do uh, take vitamin supplements in the morning because um, I need them for a genetic disorder I have. And I take them, they're isotonic versions, so they're liquid. So I think um, there's a lot of studies that show that starting your day with a 12 to 16 ounce glass of water is really good for you to rehydrate after sleep. So lucky for me, I drink my vitamins. So I do that while the coffee's perking. And then I gotta get that mental health in. So I do have something like a bite of something sweet with my coffee. Um, I do try to exercise every day, whether it is a five-minute walk or a Pilates class or a yoga class or, a, you know, a long walk with the dog or, you know, teaching some kind of movement at my job. Sometimes that's fortunate that I get it in there. Um, I do find I have to schedule my exercise. Like, that's just for me. If I don't schedule it and I don't, then I don't hold myself accountable. So I know that's something that I have to do. Um, I try really hard to be present throughout my day in the small moments that matter because I think um, my day job, the environment is not a good environment for me. It can be very, there's a lot of toxicity there. Um, when I'm in my classroom with my students, I control that environment. So that's a great environment because we have fun and I'm kind of irreverent and, you know, I like to learn. I like their questions. Um, but I really try to hold on to the moment. So the hugs from my kids, a comment from a student that, you know, I taught them something that changed their perspective or their life that day. You know, I don't have an expectation that every moment in life is happy. I think there are moments in your day that if you choose to focus on, bring you happiness. So I really try to be in the moment and not let my past ruin my today and not let my stress about my future ruin my today. And then the last thing I definitely do um, before I go to bed is um, was suggested to me by my brother. And I know a lot of people um, recommend this as well as having a gratitude journal or thinking about three things that you're great, grateful for. And um, I do think I'm naturally, and I'm so grateful for this, a thankful person. Like I I can always find the lesson or the silver lining. And that doesn't mean I don't sit with or feel the shadow emotions or, you know, the sadness or the guilt or the anger or the whatever I do, but I look at, well, what is that trying to show me? Um, so the three things are always real easy because that's my three boys, Jack Riley and Liam. But then I always push myself to think of three other things. Like what are three other things that happened today that I'm grateful for that, you know, maybe even if they were hard, but they taught me a lesson I needed to learn or, you know, brought me, maybe I had to face some emotions that, you know, got dredged up, but I'm grateful that that opportunity came up and I got to feel those emotions and figure out what it meant for me. So I'd say that's kind of, kind of my routine. 
I love all of that. And it's all so relatable. What simple steps would you give someone who is either trying to begin a wellness journey or maybe, as you have said, you know, was in a pretty good routine and had a pretty good handle on things, but they've kind of fallen off track? Oh, I think the first thing you have to do is give yourself grace for either, you know, being on a good routine and falling off because I think that just happens. That's life, ebb and flow. Um, and if you feel like, oh, I should have been on a routine or I waited so long and I, you know, I know I should have done this again. Oh, well, that's in the past. So take today for what it is. And I think that um, you know, taking that assessment of all of those eight areas and maybe seeing which one feels the most critical or important to you is a good place to start. I think picking small goals or small habits that you can change um, are much often going to lead you to success than really trying to overhaul everything all at once. I think that just feels overwhelming and um, and then when you don't succeed, it makes you feel worse about yourself. So if you can set those small things, and that's why I really like that morning journaling practice, because I think it helped me change every day. Like it just put me in a more positive mindset and it gave me that one target thing that I was going to try to accomplish. And then the next day when you come back and you're like, Hey, I accomplished that. And I did all these other things. Like you feel so much better. And when you're working from that place of positivity and hopefulness, I think it's a lot easier than if you set a goal, like I'm going to go to the gym today after not being there either ever or in six months. And I'm going to work out for two hours. Like you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to be hurting tomorrow. You're not going to want to go back. That just doesn't set you up for success. So I think small habits over time really com compound into that lifestyle change that you want to make. That's wonderful. I love that. Thank you so much for being here today, Tina. My pleasure. Can you tell my audience where they can find out more about you? Sure. So they are all kind of the same name and are a little bit different. So my website is www.thekeytomovementandwellness.com. You can find me on Instagram at thekeytomovementandwellness.com, but thekeytomovementandwellness. Um, I also have a podcast called The Key to Movement and Wellness. So they're all pretty similar. Um, and I'm on Facebook as well. Um, I'm Christina Tickler Wellsome on Facebook. And I have a, an active Facebook group there also called The Key to Movement and Wellness, where I try to post different opportunities, um, lessons, um, classes, thoughts that are available for people. So there's a lot of different ways that people can find that information and find me if they have more questions. And they can always feel free to direct message me from any of those places if they have specific questions. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, Tina. Well, thank you for having me. It was great fun. I'll talk Take to you soon. Stay healthy. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. If you're looking for more guidance and support during your journey to a more simple, less cluttered life, head over to my website at theorderlyness.com and sign up for my free Sip and Sort Sunday email challenges. Or join my private Facebook group, The Orderly Nest Community, where you'll find tons of encouragement, tips, motivation, as well as before and after photos from others along the same journey. And if you've been enjoying these episodes, please consider taking a minute to leave me a rating or review, which just helps me get the word out. Talk soon. Cheers.